Hello and welcome to the Perusia podcast. I am Shabal Reish, your host. Our guest today is the author of this book, and this book is Yoga, Tai Chi, and Reiki. If you have not heard of Reiki, we're going to unpack that today, but you would have, I'm sure, heard of yoga and Tai Chi, and you may, like many others around the world, think it's just simply exercise. Well, this book actually unpacks the background behind these types of um, traditions, and we're going to we're going to say it's a little bit more than exercise that we're going to be learning about. The author of this book is Brother Max Scully, um, who joins me live in the studio. Hello, Brother Max. Hello. Th- thank you for coming. Yes, thanks, Chabelle. Um Very interesting topic, this book. And before we dive in, maybe uh, before we go into to that, a little bit about yourself. Uh, you are a, a brother, um, a De La Salle brother. Tell us a bit about that and, yes. uh, and your uh, uh, time there. I've been a De La Salle brother for about 65 years now. Oh, wow. And so it's quite a long time. Uh, I've been involved in teaching in, in schools uh, in New Zealand and uh, uh, in different uh, states of Australia. Um, I've also been involved in, in other activities as time has gone on. I've been involved in running a drop-in centre uh, at Paddington. We ran that for several years uh, and that was available at night time to kids who were on the streets at night. And uh, we'd offer them opportunities to uh, get a cheap meal, to play ping pong, to uh, just sit around discussing, talking, uh, and uh, it was it was a great experience f- for me there. And also in Sydney, uh, about thirty years ago, for six years, I ran adult education programs uh, called, and the most popular one was New Life in Christ which was an adult renewal of baptism and an adult renewal of confirmation. And at the invitation of Catholics, we often went to homes, to halls, and occasionally it was in churches. But it was mainly a a, a growth from an invitation from the lay people Mm. that invited us into their homes to run these programs. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm. And so Sydney predominantly most of that time? Uh, yes, it was it was in Sydney, okay. and it was by invitation, and we were invited into parishes from Cronulla uh, to Mosman, you know, okay, right across yeah. uh, and all around Sydney. Okay, and uh, as time went on, we never had any shortage of requests. It was it was great. Oh, yeah. And today, is it still going? Or no, no, or? it was something that finished when uh, when uh, I, I was uh, moved to another work, another okay. ministry. And I wasn't able to continue it at that time, but okay. I, I loved the I loved the work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, you were recently in Brisbane before coming back to Sydney. Yes, I was um, been in Brisbane for the last ten years. Ten years, okay. And then I came back here. All right. Well, I'm so glad we've got to reconnect uh, and connect in Sydney. And uh, when you reached out about this book, and I looked at it and saw the the comments, and it's endorsed by Archbishop uh, Julian Porteous, a good friend of ours and yes. the founder of Cradio um, as well. So. Um, but that's so great to, to, to that you've done this project. It's uh, such an important one and probably one that many people wouldn't have an idea about. They're just sort of thinking, oh, yeah, yoga, tai chi, is this, is this a book endorsing that? Is this a book mm. uh, that's uh, saying it's good for your health? Uh, what is it now? I was mm. involved in, in, in gym work uh, straight out of high school. One of my first jobs was um, a lifeguard and a gym instructor, and then I got into personal training and group exercise, and we... I know for a fact that on the gym 
timetable, there was group exercise and yoga was definitely up and coming and very mm. popular over 20 years ago. Mm. Um, and Tai Chi, there wasn't, it wasn't as such promoted in the gym, but it certainly was in parks around the area. Um, and then Reiki seems to be something a little bit more recently I've been noticing. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, we thought at the time, 20 years ago, and myself included, oh, yeah, it's just exercise. But what you do and what you unpack in the book, it's, it's mm. a lot more than that. So for, for our Catholic audience, I'd like to start with, is yoga simply exercise? Well, I think it certainly partly is exercise, but it's a lot more than exercise. Okay. And uh, often I've, I've said to Catholics who uh, were going to yoga classes, uh, and uh, I'd say, well, what do you do there? And they'd explain kind of the, especially the exercises, and often, so often with Catholic people, they say, "Oh yes, I just focus on the exercises, but I don't worry about the religion behind the exercises." So, in in yoga, of course, the religion behind it is uh, Hinduism. I wow. said, "Don't." I'm not interested in Hinduism. All I want to do is to do the exercises, to learn how to relax and uh, to enjoy myself. So, But I'd say I don't know how many times Catholic people have said to me, I just do the exercises and I'm not worried about the religion. And What's well, wrong with that? So, well, so uh, that, that would be 90% of the population, I imagine. Oh, yeah, it's just exercise. Yeah. But now with this, this added knowledge of, hang on, okay, there's a, there's a Hindu tradition. Again, what's wrong with that? Let, let's unpack that. All right. Well, first of all, I'd say you don't have to believe in the religion behind yoga or Tai Chi. Uh, but you, you can still get involved in a dangerous activity. For example, one of the things that, that uh, people do in yoga is to retard their breathing. A common one is, is to slow down the breathing in order to slow down the mind. You breathe in slowly, hold it, breathe out. Breathe in slowly, hold it for a little bit longer this time, out. Hold it a little bit longer. So we call that retarded breathing. Now, retarded breathing helps to relax the mind and empty the mind. And if you practice it enough, just by retarded breathing, you can bring an altered state of consciousness into the mind. And once you have an altered state of consciousness, an emptying of the mind, you open yourself to demonic powers because you're losing control of your mind. You give your mind up to whatever's out there. And if when that happens, eventually demonic powers can come into the mind and gradually take more and more control. And eventually it can lead you to psychic powers just by itself. So you don't need to believe in the religion behind the activity. All you've got to do is just retard, br retarded breathing. And just to give you some examples of this, by people who know a lot more about this than I do, uh, Deepak Chopra, who was probably the most well-known teacher of, of yoga 
in the world today. And Deepak Chopra mentions this. The regular practice of yoga naturally generates a healthy belief system. And by healthy belief system, he means his own religion, Hinduism, which is the background normally in India to yoga. The regular practice of yoga naturally generates a healthy belief system. Perform yoga poses, including retarded breathing, on a regular basis, and your mind and emotions will change. So you don't need to learn anything about religion in view of Deepak Chopra. You just do the exercises and retard the breathing and you will, you will become more Hindu-like. You'll become, uh, adopt uh, another faith. To give you another example, there was a, a famous teenage guru in India called Rabi Maharaj and uh, he eventually he was converted in his late teens to Christianity and he went across to England to do some evangelization on behalf of a Christian organisation. He went as an evangelist. When he mixed with different people, particularly those taking drugs, this is what he noted. He noted that certain drugs, by inducing an altered state of consciousness, can produce similar effects to yoga. I began to encounter increasing numbers of drug addicts and made a startling discovery. Some of them were having the same experience through drugs that I had in yoga, in yoga and meditation. I listened in amazement as they described the, a beautiful and peaceful world they often entered through LSD, a world where psychedelic sights and sounds were all too familiar to me. I didn't need drugs to sense a oneness with, with the universe and the feeling that I was God. I got it all by transcendental meditation as part of yoga. But it was a lie, a trick of evil spirits. It took over my mind when I relaxed control of it. So basically what he's saying there is that when you take drugs, generally most drugs, uh, you alter your state of consciousness, mm. you empty your mind and hand it over to whoever. And generally the whoever are demonic spirits. So uh, emptying the mind can be done through techniques apart from yoga. And just let me take another example too. Some years ago, it's quite a few years ago now, way back in, in the 1950s, if you can remember that far back, uh, a Benedictine priest called Father Deschenais decided to develop a Christian yoga. What he did was to remove all Hindu beliefs from the system. All he did was to, to base his yoga not on Brahman, but just on relaxation. And he based it 
on retarded breathing, together with the poses for yoga. So what he's doing now, once again, is, is just focus on retarded breathing and what happens then is you alter your state of consciousness. After five years, Father Deshanay, he'd been practising this yoga with, with groups of people, sometimes with Benedictine monks. Uh, he, he, uh, after five years, he began to practise Kundalini yoga, which is basically retarded breathing and visual, visualisation. You imagine the life energy just below the stomach and you, by visualisation, you transfer that energy up the spine into the forehead. And that is called Kundalini Yoga. Now, when you do that, uh, you start to develop psychic powers. And uh, after... After five years, he began to practice Kundalini Yoga, which resulted, amongst himself and his followers, various psychic gifts. And he just takes this for granted. He expected this. He didn't see anything wrong with it. Uh, he mentions that he himself became a clairvoyant or a fortune teller. Wow. He developed this power and then... After 16 years of practice, he wrote a, a final book and on the front page of it was a great big horoscope. And he was besotted with the interpretation of horoscopes and get, got right into astrology, all of which is forbidden by the Bible and the teaching of the Catholic Church. Now, all this has been brought about through retarded breathing, emptying the mind, opening oneself out to the power out there. Well, lots of interest. Now that we're just talking about yoga right now, um, and what he's explaining there is the emptying of the mind. Now, it, it, initially on the surface, uh, it sounds like there's nothing wrong with that, but, but what you're saying here is that you're, if you don't fill that void, that emptiness with God, or well, then something else might come in, and that's where you're you're saying is you're exposing yourself to a uh, um, the other types of spirits, the the demonic and other mm. types of things. And this is where it gets very interesting. Um, yes, whether you are conscious of it or not, are you saying that even sub this is happening for people who even are just doing it for exercise, they're opening themselves at these? At yes, these? without believing in Hinduism, without believing in Taoism that they can, just by retarding their breathing. Any I, sort of, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure that people will be asking, what sort of evidence or what, that, that last story there sort of gives you an insight, but is the evidence that you're, the way you are as a person starts to change? What, what's the evidence or signs that, that alludes to that claim? Uh, there are these, uh, you're opening yourself up to the demonic. Well, just to take an example... In one of the studies I looked at, there was a uh, a, a lady who was uh, married to an Ang Anglican clergyman in England and uh, her, her husband, 
opened up the church hall to yoga, practice of yoga. And she decided to go along to the yoga. And uh, after a few weeks, she began to experience uh, some strange things that she'd never struck before. For example, she used to uh, attend the women's prayer meeting and she used to run that. And she found great difficulty in bringing herself to do it. Uh, she she th- thought, this is strange. I just uh, am not interested in praying. That was within a few weeks. And then the other thing that she noticed, when she picked up the Bible, she was having great difficulty in understanding the Bible, yet she'd been reading the Bible for much of her life. And so that was that's one simple mm. example I can give you yeah. of people who are being adversely affected by... Uh, Sort of drawing you away yeah. from from from, from your faith. Yeah. yeah. See, what what's happening is that in that whole yoga process and the emptying of the mind, you're allowing demonic power to block the spirit of God. That's interesting. Um, can we uh, just uh, yoga is probably very popular among the Western culture right now. It's been for many years, but uh, the the position in like so so there's certain. Uh, stretches that you do in yoga, the certain uh, positions that you have to hold, and and many of them have names, and and, and so you and they're quite interesting names. Do, do you do you sort of look in the book about what they mean, what some of these positions are, um, what how significant are these stretches that you do in yoga? Well, perhaps the most obvious would be the worship of the sun. Well, uh, one of the one of the poses, and it goes for quite some time. One of the poses is, uh, and sometimes people do this, at sunrise. And uh, they will perform such a pose uh, in uh, stretching and bowing uh, towards the sun. Now They have to actually face the, the yeah, direction they, of the sun. Normally the... they face the sun or imagine they're facing the sun. Okay. And they bow down and the body is performing an act of worship, even if the mind is not. The body is performing an act of worship. And if you include that with emptying the mind by retarded breathing, because you keep up your retarded breathing all through the exercises, then you're opening yourself out to becoming a worshipper of the sun, which is part of Hinduism. They regard the sun as, as the most sacred object in the world. We, it reminds me of paganism, yeah, the mm. uh, idea of worshipping the sun. Yes. The issue of that, of course, is we're raising... Uh, creation to be above the creator, or, or if, if anything, it's, it's, on, it's equal pl- terms with the creator. So there's only one creator, uh, and when you when and all of creation belongs to that creator, not the other way around. No. Um, so that's where we are getting our priorities wrong, isn't it? We're sort of we're, we're we're taking God off His throne, so to speak, and ignoring the fact that He's created this, and we're raising what He has created to a God equal to him and in some cases even greater. Mm. This is the yes. this is the problem, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Um do you go into the book uh talking further about some of the things that you say? Are, are there certain I know there's uh, certain things you you're not just stretching but there's also sometimes I'll set the mood with the, with the music um the, the sort of soft music in the background then there's the um uh certain patterns of breathing that you have to do and and there's even little sounds you've got to make. 
Mm. What do you say about that? What are the, what's the significance about the sounds? Yes, well, uh, so often I've had people say to me, Christians, Catholics, that they, they do the yoga and it's got no connection with uh, the religion of Hinduism. Mm. Um, but, but then... Um, it's, uh, I, I know you were mentioning um, off-air... The idea of uh, the the uh, just a simple one of um that 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 sort oh, of yes. classical yeah. uh, sound that we do, um, but but even that uh, is is assisting the mind to emptying itself and yes the the word om is a very good relaxation sound. It's just mm. it's they call it a sound because in Hinduism they believe that vibrations that go through the universe, especially made by the sound om, have an effect on the whole universe. Very powerful. Uh, what most people don't know is when they're saying om at the local yoga class is that the, the, the teacher might just say, just repeat this sound after me. Oh, it's got good vibrations. It helps mm. you relax, helps you to empty your mind. Uh, but uh, also they, what they don't tell people is that Om is an invocation of all the Hindu gods. There are about two million Hindu gods, including the chief god, Brahman. So especially it links you up with Brahman, the Hindu wow. god. So be very careful when you go to your yoga class and start saying om. Yeah, so, so really, uh, many of us will be completely un- unconscious about this, not thinking twice, but if we just, what you're asking is, let, let's be a bit more attentive. If you're going to do this, listen to what you're doing and, and, and avoid it because you are exposing yourself to um, spirits that you don't want to be inviting in, and yeah. this is the danger of it. This, this is not just your opinion we're talking about here. This is not something no. you've... Uh, you're just saying to stop people from doing an exercise that you don't like. <laughs> yes, and another interesting factor is that when I when I produced the the uh, manuscript of the book that I was going to write, mm. I sent a copy to uh, a a bishop uh, who wrote the the introduction there. I sent a copy to the bishop and. and uh, he was so excited because at that time he was performing quite a number of exorcisms in the Sydney Diocese and people who would come to him and he would perform a liturgical uh, exorcism. And when I sent him a copy of the book, he was so excited because he had seen and witnessed so many instances of people who had moved on into totally involved with Satanism, beginning with yoga. Wow. And okay. uh, He could track that and trace that. Yes, and, and Father Amorth, who, yes. who was the Vatican exorcist for many, many years, much of his life, uh, he was the one, one of those who, who gave me a clue at the beginning. He said, uh, yoga is, opens the door to demonic entrance. He said it's it's very subtle. People don't realise it, but it opens the door. Well, I mean, if this is the first time you're hearing this, and 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 like when I first heard about it, you know, it could be hard to understand or believe. But I guess you've got to look at the the sounds that you're making, the the claims in the in the book, and and the cases that you bring up as well. You know, mm. some some solid examples. And when you really start to analyse yoga, yeah, we, we could start 
piecing it together and, and saying, well, why, why the reference to the sun in that way? Why? Maybe one more thing before we have our um, first break is uh, the, the idea of a yoga retreat. Now, I know of these, these retreats at the gym. They had, they had the typical class every week. But in addition to that, um, every so often they would organize a retreat out into the, into the, the sticks, you know, just go out in the bush mm-hmm. and you're outdoors. So it sounds quite nice, it, you know, have a weekend away. But there are, I just noticed uh, the names, again, of each session, the names of the positions that you have to, to, to hold. Mm. Do, you, do you touch a little bit about any of that as well, what's outside of the typical gym environment, um, uh, those outdoor yoga retreats? Yes. Uh, I, I don't go into specific kinds of retreats, sure. but I do know that uh, one of the persons I quoted, Deepak Chopra, He's, he's well known uh, around the world for running retreats. It might be a week, two weeks longer, but very, very deep, very profound on yoga. And um, his wife also, well, uh, I, I happened to, to know I followed the Sydney Swans fairly closely and uh, over many years, and this goes back to the time when uh, Rusey was, was coach of the Sydney Swans. Now, he and his wife went overseas to America and did an extended program in, in retru- things like retreats and in yoga, and uh, he came back full of it. And he, he encouraged his players to uh, do a retreat, an unwinding retreat at the end of each mm. game, but often he made the offer to any players who wanted to to go more seriously to it and at one stage, he had 15 out of about 30, 36 uh, players who were going deeper into yoga. Wow. And his That's wife mm. his wife also uh, was into yoga. And I can recall, I won't mention his name, but uh, one of the players who uh, had been, had lost his father, he died very suddenly uh, at a relatively young age. And... His son was very close to him and missed him greatly. And uh, he, he, he came back, his family was from overseas. He came back from overseas and apparently he spoke to uh, Rusey and, and his wife about how much he missed his father and he wanted, wanted so desperately to get into communication with his father. So uh, his wife coached him up and trained him in yoga with a view to his getting in touch with his dead dad. And gradually, oh, wow. he admits this publicly, this is not something, you know, that I found in a book, it's something that was written in the newspapers publicly. Uh, he was able to, he said, after a while of this technique of meditation, he could get into touch uh, with his father and feel his presence around him and almost at times be guided by him. And wow. that, that is the kind of thing that happens. So now, now, now we can clearly see it is beyond exercise now. Yeah. Now, can we move on to Tai Chi now? We, we yes. focused a little bit on yo- um, mm-hmm. yoga. What about a Tai Chi, the second um, form of exercise, if you like, or meditation? What is Tai Chi? Mm. Well, basically, Tai Chi is also a means of relaxation and exercise. There's what we, I suppose, what you'd call normal Tai Chi 
And then there's the martial Tai Chi, which is a more aggressive form. Mm. But just ordinary Tai Chi, which so many people do with the intention of just relaxing themselves, of doing exercises to keep fit, uh, it's in itself it would appear to be a good relaxant and also a good relaxant for the mind. But once again in Tai Chi, one of the first things you normally do is to retard the breathing. We get back to that same thing. Before you start a session, the normal thing would be deep, retarded breathing, and that begins to empty the mind. The next stage in Tai Chi is to move into a form of dance, a movement, a balanced form of movement, and it's continued for some time and it takes different activities. But what you do with, with that, what you're doing with the, the dance leads to a trance. So in the olden days uh, in China, they used to refer to this as a trance dance. Trance. Mm. Trance is emptying the mind because of the dance and because of the retarded breathing. And so it has a similar effect to yoga. Same kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is, I'm sure there's many people that, that do Tai Chi, they go to the park go to the beach, I've seen it, uh, groups of people gather together mm. and they're just doing these slow, smooth movements and it looks quite peaceful. It looks quite gentle, very harmless. Mm. But what you're saying is, is, again, it's that emptying of the mind, that type of breathing and the motions that's and, – and you're not focusing on anything. This is where the danger lies. Is that right? Is it, it's, mm. it's the not that's focusing right. on it's, – It's emptying the mind, mm. okay. same kind of thing. I'll give you an example. Uh This was done by a counsellor in the United Kingdom and uh, she she was a Christian counsellor and this young man came to visit her and said, explained the fact that he had these constant and chronic headaches and uh, he didn't know where they were coming from. He couldn't shake them off at all. He went to uh, a doctor for help and uh, he, he he could not account for the headaches, nor could he cure them. He tried certain medication, had no effect. He went to his church counsellor, church pastor, and uh, said, look, uh, is there something wrong with me in my spiritual life? He said, I'm getting the... I never had them before, but I'm getting these headaches all the time. Uh, And uh, he couldn't help him very much. Anyhow, he he went along to this, uh, this lady who was experienced in Christian counselling and particularly in the effect of uh, Eastern spiritualities on a person's mind. Anyhow, she asked him a number of questions and finally she said, which no other counsellor had said to him, he said, have you been involved in any kind of Eastern meditation? And he said, mm. uh, well, he just didn't think this was very serious. He just said, well, uh, I have been doing a, a bit of Tai Chi lately. And uh, she then went and said, the, the dangers of Tai Chi, uh, one, of the, one of the things you, you do is you begin to empty your mind through Tai Chi, through the trance dance, through, through the retarded breathing. And uh, she suggested... Uh, that he stopped doing it, and she, she, so he did. 
and the headaches went. That was the first mm. time they'd gone for some months. So there's, there's a, a concrete example of... Yes, yeah. And you say, do you have more examples in the book or are there other... Yes, there are yeah, several. Okay. Generally, there are several examples in the book of Tai Chi and also several examples in the book uh, of yoga and also, I'll throw in for good measure, uh, some examples of Zen meditation. Oh, okay. We didn't get round to that, no. but that also, Zen meditation is uh, involves emptying the mind. They're basically... We've all got a common thread here. Yeah. Tell us, um, there is a third category here, Reiki. Mm. What is Reiki? And again, what is wrong with what, what do you find wrong with Reiki? Well, basically, if you want to uh, become a Reiki person, one who heals, that's what basically what they're all about, uh, healing, the healing power of Reiki, that's what they advertise. And normally they will run a weekend seminar at the first, that's the first level. Then later on, you might do another weekend seminar uh, and take you to the second level. And then a much longer period, you become a master of Reiki. Well, basically, they advertise themselves, come and, and do this weekend and become a healer. Everybody who comes will get the gift of healing. And so that's what happens. Sometimes there are small groups run in houses. Sometimes it's a larger group run in a hall. Uh, but then what, what you are, are taught in that, you are normally given, receive Reiki from other people, but then you are taught uh, to, uh, you become initiated. And the initiation involves the the master would, would put a symbol, draws a symbol over your head and will direct it psychically into your spirit. And that will, those, there are four symbols and the different combinations are used for different purposes, but uh, the, the symbols enter into the, the spirit of a person and he comes away from that uh, weekend with the power to heal. It might be only small healing, might be only minor in the beginning. And also there's self, giving self uh, a Reiki treatment. And w when you give a Reiki treatment, you just put the hands over different parts of the body or you mm -hmm. don't have to touch the body. You just put, put the hand over different parts of the body. And often the person receiving will experience different colours as you move through different chakras down the mm. body. And this is exciting. All, this, all these different colours, something's really going on. This must be something really important, so you get a real buzz out of it. Um, but let me tell you how it began. The, the, the origins of Reiki go way back to about uh, the year 1900. And it happened in Japan. Basically, what how it was formed, <clears throat> where the power of healing came from, a man called Dr. Uzui, he'd been a, a Western doctor and uh, he'd given up his own religion uh, and he, he unfortunately uh, re received, a, a, he had a, a fatal illness coming on him and he, he decided to uh, take some form of medication 
and he had these balls of opium placed underneath his tongue mm. and uh, things got didn't improve much at all from this illness and uh, it got so bad that his doctor informed him that he wouldn't last the night. So anyhow, off he went to sleep that night and in a sort of d- delirium uh, he appeared to wake up during the night and he saw the whole of the um, the heaven of, of saints of his, his particular religion. And uh, in it, he saw all these uh, Buddhas uh, covering the heaven. And one of them spoke to him, addressed him, and this, this God's name was Medicine King Buddha. And Medicine King Buddha said to him, look, you have begun to treat people with Western medicine. I'm now going to give you another form of medicine, of healing. And you will be able to heal others with the combination of the Western and this form of healing I will give you. And then Medicine King Buddha inject pointed to his heart and a blue ray of light came into his heart and he assured him then that he would one day receive the power of healing through this blue ray of light that he'd given him. Anyhow, much to the doctor's amazement, he woke up next morning and had no trace of illness. The illness had gone. Hmm. He'd been healed by Medicine King Buddha. So then he went on, he he returned to his own religion, uh, Shingon Buddhism. He'd given up Buddhism, now he took it on again. He began to search for, in the history books of of Buddhism, uh, where this healing could have come from. And he eventually came across a book, uh, uh, which was hidden away somewhere, and it outlined the healing treatment that the historical Buddha gave to his followers. So he decided to follow the prescription given in the book, but it didn't work. So what he did was he decided to go away and do a retreat. And he went to a retreat centre and at the retreat centre he, he had joined in the meantime a spiritualist association. A spiritualist is one who contacts the spirits of the dead, the spirits of pagan gods, etc., etc. It's really a, a demonic activity. Now, he had joined this spiritualist association so he could make contact with the dead, with pagan gods, and so on. Uh, and so he, he, he then uh, went on this retreat and... It was also a retreat where there was a Buddhist temple. And so he, for 21 days, he didn't talk to anybody. He meditated and in his own form of Buddhist meditation. And the, this form of meditation is a, a technique of totally emptying the mind when he was on retreat. And after 21 days, he was sitting there deep in his meditation all of a sudden, from one direction came a Japanese 
Shingon Buddhism, Buddhist symbol that entered into his head. From another direction came a different symbol. And then three, four, four symbols entered his body. And he knew this was his source of healing. And by, by taking these different symbols, which were divine Buddhist symbols, taken from uh, the Buddha, taken from the Buddhist gods themselves, he was able to heal. That's what he believed. And as he came down the hill and went back to life, he somebody came to him who was sick and he put his hands on them and invoked these symbols and the person was healed. Mm. And he was able to do that uh, and he became famous. And his name was, was Dr. Uzui, Mikao Uzui. And uh, he began to get followers uh, from around who were keen to learn the technique of healing. And it became so popular in Japan uh, that he decided to make up a system which people who were not Buddhist, uh, who were secular, if you like, to give them the power as well. And that's how it migrated to the West. His form of Buddhism was taken across by a woman, Mrs. Takata, and was spread around the West. And so basically, this sort of healing has come from a pagan god, Medicine King Buddha. Uh, Reiki, uh, we are, we're on the topic of Reiki. Reiki, that's Reiki. Yeah. That's where it comes from. So, okay. It's a pagan activity of healing. So it's, the same sort so it's of coming from Satan himself, Satan the healer. And so healing in itself sounds sounds like a good thing. Yes. But but if it's the source is Satan, the ramifications is where we have issues with now, that you're not turning to the one true God, you're now turning to the enemy. There is only one enemy. There's yes. always been one enemy. There always will be just one enemy, and that's Satan. Yes. Um, and the moment you are, you are focusing in and become... Uh, a minor position, it could be a, some. you are part of his domain, it's a very dangerous place. And this is a whole world of discussion. That's another show we can do, talk about just on exorcisms mm. and how these these spirits enter into the body um, and, it's, it's, and it starts with opening the doors to them, right? And this is what you're saying is all these three that you cover in the book are the initial openings of a door of potentially allowing some sort of demonic in. Um, and in order to do that, you're first emptying yourself, and mm. and this is where the danger lies. Yes. How do we respond as Christians? We've only got a few minutes here. but yes. uh, so, so I do, someone who is genuinely getting physical benefits from these types of things, are there healthy alternatives that we could apply as a sort of, what, what are different types of exercises, you know, just certain stretches, uh, we're not saying that all exercise is bad. We're just saying these particular ones have a, a, a particular um, focus in on um, the different sounds that you've got to make and the emptying of the mind. Yes. So how do we then, what's healthy then? What, what is safe? Well, if, if you're looking towards yoga or you're looking towards Tai Chi for physical fitness, there is one remedy that I could suggest, and it works in, in terms of keeping a healthy mind in a healthy body. Uh, a lady in America, Lorette Willis, uh, who did yoga for 21 years and eventually left yoga and became a committed Christian, wow. she has developed a technique which gives you all the physical advantages 
the health fitness and the mind fitness of yoga, uh, but uh, does no harm. It, it's very conducive to spiritual growth. Well, this, this lady, Lorette Willis, some years ago, uh, produced a DVD in which people perform exercises, stretches and so on, uh, and while they're doing these, they focus their mind on biblical quotes. Mm. And you can get as much exercise out of a session with this as you would in a session of yoga. So you can keep fit you mentally and physically. Uh, you don't empty your mind. You focus your mind on the Word of God while you're performing certain activities reflected in the Word of God. Mm. Uh, and so Beautiful. Uh, that's available uh, at uh, bookshops. Uh, I Is that it. mentioned in the book? Uh, yes. You, yeah, good. Well, I didn't mention the name of the bookshop. But, uh, it's but it Kuro, Kuron Kuro, Bookshop. Yeah, sure. You can get them readily at Kuron Bookshop, and I know a number of people who've got them and find them very, very good. Well, thank you very much. We we, uh, we can go on all day on this topic. Um, I think I just encourage everyone, get that book, Yoga, Tai Chi, Reiki, it's available now at the Perusia Media website. Go to perusiamedia.com, click on the, the store button, and right there, as of this week, we've got it highlighted as a featured product, twenty four ninety nine, and it, it is a guide for Christians. Highly recommend. I can't think of something more important. If you are involved in any one of those three things, definitely get this book. If you know of anyone who is, please educate yourself because if you are going into a dangerous space, you want to know about it and, and protect yourself. So I want to thank you, Brother Max, for doing all the research. I mean, yes. a lot of work has gone into this, yes. excuse me, <clears throat> and endorsed by Archbishop Porteous and many others. And um, we're happy to make it available for people just to I'm so educate I'm themselves. To yeah. I'm delighted to that. Um, and love to maybe have you on again down the track and yes. we can even, um, yeah, just break and open. And if anybody wants more. me to come and talk to a group on, on these issues, I'm happy to do so. Is there a way of contacting you? Um, any contact information, well, or we could? You've, you've we, got, you've got. I've my got it. So phone number. Reach out to us yeah. um, and email. You've got my email address. Yes, so uh, I can share that for, on your behalf. Yes. Contact us at perusiamedia.com, and if you want to be in touch with Brother Max, uh, let me know, and uh, we'll put you in touch with him. Mm. Uh, thank you very much. Please uh, keep us in the prayers. We're praying for you and, and and the important work that you're doing. Well, thank you, and thank you for the opportunity of talking. 